Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Before we dive in, I want to ask that if you love this episode and can't wait to listen to the rest of the show, please do me a favor and leave a review, or you can take a screenshot of the show, post in your Instagram story so I can reshare and give you a big thank you, or just send me a message letting me know what you think of the show. I would love, love, love to hear from you. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of a few sponsors, the first of which being Okay, it's me. (laughs) If you're like me and you love personal development, I know you'll love my newest resource, The Growth Guide. The Growth Guide is a 12-day program that uses guided meditation, journaling prompts, reading exercises, and growth exercises on a specific topic each day that will leave you feeling inspired, rejuvenated, grounded, and ready to take on the world with compassion and love. Here's a review of The Growth Guide from Hannah. My anxiety and my negative self-talk had begun to spiral out of control before I started looking for methods to help me heal and grow. After experimenting with meditation and journaling, I dove headfirst into Melissa's growth guide. Within the first few days, I noticed a change in how I felt about myself and the way in which I spoke to myself and a change in the way I viewed the future and my anxieties. Melissa's meditations are beautiful, positive, uplifting, and the messages and prompts that come from the guide reinforce her teachings. My sense of self-confidence and my hope for the future is returning, and I'm growing into the person I know I can be. You guys, I am so excited for this guide. This guide was put together using the tools that I have learned over the past 10 years in my own healing and growth journey, and I'm so thankful for you all listening in that I wanted to give you a deal Use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your order of anything in my store. I have the link down below as well as that code listed in the show notes. (laughs) Alexandra Peters is a Maine-based yoga teacher who shares her inspiring story with her Instagram audience of over 300,000 followers and teaches retreats and workshops all around the world. She shares about navigating relationships, tools for easing anxiety, asana tutorials, and so much more. We met via Instagram a long time ago. We haven't met in real life yet, but I feel like we're going to eventually. And I absolutely love her beautiful soul and everything she shares. So, Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to chat with you. Good to be here. I love you so much. I'm so excited. I, you know, like I've, we've been talking back and forth for, I guess, a while now. And even though we haven't met in person, I feel like we will one day. And I just, I love everything you share. We, we connect on a lot of things, like especially the anxiety stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk with you about it and 
I'm sure a lot of people will love tuning in and hearing everything you have to say. I'm so excited to talk about it. I know we've been, I think we've been strongly connecting for almost two years now. It's been, it's been a while and I felt just so drawn to you. You just felt so like natural and opening and someone that I could just immediately connect with. And I feel like we did exactly that. Like we immediately connected. I feel like I already know you. Like, I feel like you're my sister. And like, I know the second that we see each other, we're just going to run into each other's arms. So I'm so excited just to be here on your podcast and just to talk about, uh, like you said, anxiety and everything else that you, you know, that you have um, questions for. And I'm just so excited. (laughs) Oh, I love you so much. I'm so excited. Okay, so we'll just dive into the questions because I have a lot of them. So a lot of what you share um, is about your yoga practice and how that has influenced you. So I want to start out by asking you how you started practicing yoga, like how long you've been practicing, how long have you been teaching, and what has that practice come to mean to you? Oh, such amazing questions. I love it. Um, I started my yoga practice when I was a junior in college. And I was going through a really difficult time in my life. I was at a point where I just didn't know who I was. And I think a lot of people at that age, you know, 19, 20, 21, you really don't know who you are, where you're going, or what you're even doing with your life. And that's definitely how I felt. And I, uh, was actually dabbling into partying a little bit too much. Uh, So a little bit of drugs, a little bit of alcohol, and I wasn't the person I knew that I could be. And I woke up and I found a a Groupon for 20 classes for $20, hot yoga. I had never done a yoga class before in my entire life. And I... uh, I woke up one morning really hungover and I went and I remember my first class, I maybe got 10 minutes into the class and I was laying down in Shavasana in tears because that class had just shattered me in such a beautiful awakening way. And then when I left the class, I sat in my car for probably an hour in the parking lot, just crying, thinking about why aren't I trying harder? Why can't I do more? Why have I been in this slump? And so that class just really woke me up to life. And I kept going back. And then it turned into going to two yoga classes a day, five days out of the week. And I just knew that I immediately fell in love with the practice and how it made me feel, how it just let me know that I could do more. I could be more than what I'm being right now. And Uh, I think it was like six months after going to practice constantly, I moved back to Maine and I enrolled in my 200 hour teaching certification. And that's been five years, a little over five years. And I have been teaching every week since then. And it's just a very beautiful transformative practice because I think when you dive into the yoga practice, people only want the physical thing. They want to you know, go into deeper stretches. So they want to go into deeper backbends and they want to do handstands and headstands and all these inversions. And that really is, it's been described so beautifully this way. If you think about an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg that's on the surface of the ocean is, you know, the physical things. And then that huge mass underneath the water is all the important work, all the hard work, all the struggles, all the accomplishments um, that take place inside of you and make you 
and shape you into this beautiful person that you are always meant to be physically, mentally, spiritually. And uh, so that's just been a really big part of my practices, waking that up. Mm, that's so good. And one thing that I really admire about you and respect is that you have this incredible physical practice that's like strong, strong back bends, you know, like strong inversions, all of that. But you're always going back to the truth and talking about how the point of it all isn't this outward appearance of what we can do with our bodies, even though, you know, sometimes we can do these like cool things. It's about our hearts and our souls and making that connection and the healing and the growth. And you're always doing such a good job of, of really explaining that in a really beautiful way. Like you just did with the, the iceberg analogy. That's, that's really beautiful. So I just really appreciate that. Thank you. I, I felt more so this year of a pull just to open up about that because I think, especially in the media world, you know, people just try to show like the beautiful side of it. And, you know, the poses I've come to realize they're not the beautiful side. It's what takes place inside of you. And I think when people can start focusing on that more so than the poses that their practice, their real self practice or internal practice will start to arise. So you just mentioned about your platform and how it's a very like visual platform. We have to, you know, post pictures and a lot of times it's like of ourselves and our practice, but like the meat is in the captions for sure. And like, I absolutely love your captions and a lot of other people definitely love everything you write and share too. And I was just wondering if you would talk a little bit about how growing an online community has um, affected you as a teacher and kind of how you got into to establishing that community. Like, when did that all come about for you? Uh, that all came about for me right around a year ago, actually. And it's really when I started making my Instagram less about me and more about other people. And I mean that in the sense of less taking photos of my personal practice. And the reason why I did that is because I know for me, when I was searching through Instagram, I would get infuriated or I would really compare myself to other people's photos if I wasn't at the same level as them. And, you know, that can really bring the ego down. And that's not what, you know, the yoga community should be about. And so I want to just shift that and I want to take the attention away from myself thinking that I needed to be better than what I am and focus more so on I'm okay at where I'm at. And so when I started doing that, that's when I actually started to take my platform into more of a teaching platform and uh, doing the tutorials, uh, the ones that are, you know, if this is your goal, this is how you can access it by, you know, trying these poses and, you know, making your way up to the progressional pose. And I think that's really what other people wanted to see too, because that's exactly at the same point when my my following went from, I think it was 80,000 to 215,000 in one week. And it, it just shows truly um, that people really want to learn on that platform and they want somebody to connect with. They want somebody to relate with. And that's all that I've been trying to do since I've started doing that is 
I want people to feel more comfortable in the practice uh, and where they're at. And I just want to help them grow to be able to get to where they want to be and to feel all right being where they are right now. Mm, That's so good. And like, oh my gosh, that's a lot in one week. Um, Wow. Uh, I I really like, (laughs) it was 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 like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's incredible. But like, I a hundred percent believe that, you know, we, what we give to others, what we put out there, when we share with an open heart, with, you know, the intention of helping, it totally comes back around to us in different ways, in different forms, like not just in, in how we, how we feel about ourselves and how we feel, but also in like these crazy tangible ways, like, like Instagram followers. And it's totally clear that, you know, even though it's just an online platform, you can really feel someone's heart through it, you know, especially when we're writing captions, making content, talking over the stories and things like that. And I can 100% tell that your heart is in this place of wanting to give and wanting to inspire and share and help people not feel alone and things like that. And I just, I really admire that about you. So Mm. good job. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Thank you. That's really all that I want to do on this app. I've always, I've always said that like the numbers have never meant anything to me. And I, I hate calling people like my followers, you know what I mean? Cause I look at them more as my friends, especially since I've been hosting these recent challenges is that I, so many people have become so close to me through this level app. And I think followers is just such a wrong word to use for it when you create mm. these beautiful connections. I agree a hundred percent. I feel like it's so funny. I just kind of realized to myself that, that like whenever I'm kind of talking to someone and uh, talking about their like community, I'll say followers, like the word that it's like termed. But when I'm talking about my own people, I'm like my community because every little person is like, they're each an individual person, you know what I mean? And yeah. it is community, especially when you have people messaging you and, like, leaving comments. It's, like, it's like little bits of their hearts, and it's, like, these are not just, like, followers. I, I totally agree. That's such a – that word is, like, uh. it, it is so an easy – it really truly is one of the most beautiful communities that I've ever been into. And, you know, I, I talk to my fiance about that a lot as well. Like I'll come home and just like, you know, there's such beautiful people out here that you would never ever connect with otherwise if it wasn't through this little app. So I really, you know, there are days where the Instagram, you know, work life is a struggle, but it's so worth it when you meet beautiful people. Like I would have never met you. Like, (laughs) I know I'm so freaking thankful for all of it too, honestly, like the connections and uh, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. It really is. Um, <laughs> okay, I want to ask you some questions about some of the things that you um, share about, like, your own personal story. And then later, I want to ask you about um, some of your resources that you've been creating. I'm so excited for you. So, first of all, um, <laughs> I love you. You talk- I love you too. Um, 
So you, one thing that I really resonated with you on, and I know a lot of people have resonated with you on this, is you have talked about your panic attacks, anxiety, and you not only share about what it's like, what it feels like, but you share about how you kind of navigate through it, which is such an important thing. So I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about when kind of anxiety started for you, what that's been like for you, and how you, how you cope with it, how you, how you go through life with it, and if it's kind of shifted around for you in the, in the time that you've been dealing with it. Mm. Uh, I would say my anxiety started about three and a half years ago, and I never, I didn't know I had it whatsoever because the symptoms that I had, I had never experienced in my entire life. And I believe what sparked my anxiety is because I was working a very demanding job of me that uh, really, truly didn't care about me or my health. And I remember one day I was at work and I couldn't catch my breath and I thought I was going to faint. And I asked for, um, the medic that was actually at the hotel that I was working at, if they could take my blood pressure and he didn't have a blood pressure machine. So they called the paramedics for me. And I just remember sitting on this stool with my head down, shaking and just feeling like I was going to throw up, just feeling like I was really honestly going to die of a heart attack. And uh, when the paramedics came, uh, they really just, they couldn't do anything for me. They just said, uh, you know, maybe you're sick. And so I just went home and then it happened a couple more times to me, like when I was driving early in the morning, going to work, because I had to be to work at 5 a.m. I was hardly getting any sleep. And I ended up going to the hospital two times because I just, I I can't put it into more words. I really felt like I was dying. Like I felt like I was living my death and watching it and just breathing into it. And it's such a horrible and terrifying experience, especially if you're experiencing it by yourself. And I ended up going to see my doctor and I was hooked up to an EKG, a heart monitor for, I think it was four days that I had to wear it. And of course, like none of my symptoms happened in those four days. So I just, you know, they didn't know, I didn't know what was going on until I went back one more time and they found out that it was anxiety. And I don't take any medications. Like I don't take any Advil, ibuprofen. I don't like over-the-counter drugs. It's just not my thing. So I knew that you know, getting prescribed something wasn't the way that I want to go. And I just really wanted to try to understand what I was experiencing. And while I was still at my job working at the hotel, I, it just started getting worse. I started changing as a person. I became more standoffish. I wasn't engaging in communications like with my family or even with my significant other. It was just really hard for me to open up because I didn't know what I was going through. I felt like people would think I was crazy or in an insane asylum, or I should go to an insane asylum because you don't know what's going on with you when you, when you're experiencing anxiety or if you haven't been labeled, if you have it or not. And it was just really a terrifying moment for me. So I just kind of woke up one morning and just realized, you know, this job is literally killing me and I can't live like this anymore. So I left that job and uh, I did see my anxiety decrease significantly. And 
after that, I, I still had anxiety attacks off and on. Sometimes I would have them, um, you know, every day for two weeks. And it was like living in hell in an incredibly deep, dark space for two weeks. And I just couldn't manage it. I couldn't get it under control. And I thought that I finally needed to go in and get prescribed something until I um, found CBD. And that has truly been life-changing for me, um, taking CBD, but also finding out what my triggers were. So just before I took CBD, I actually wrote down in a journal everything that I did every day, like what I ate, what time I got up, uh, what exercises I did, who I saw, who I spoke to, what time did I go to bed, how much sleep did I get, um, what was I eating, what was I drinking, And I did like a comparison of the anxiety level every day of what, you know, how I felt that day of what I was consuming and what I was doing to my body. And what I realized is that lack of sleep is my biggest trigger. It still is my biggest trigger. I know if I don't get eight hours of sleep a night that I'm going to be anxious the next day. And if I don't get sleep the night after that, I am definitely prone to an anxiety attack and I also know that caffeine is a huge trigger for me. I know that um, starch is a big trigger for me. So I think it's really important learning what your triggers are. And, you know, triggers can be anything. It can be lack of sleep. It can be what you eat. It can be, you know, certain people in your life. If they're toxic and you're just nervous going to see them or a trigger can be being in a public space. It really can be anything. But uh, I'm very grateful that I did find out my triggers. And then I'm even more grateful that I was introduced to CBD and that CBD is natural. So I was all gung-ho for taking something natural that this earth provides for us. And I significantly, again, saw my anxiety decrease. I went from an attack a day to zero attacks, zero anxiety for, it was five months, a non-ounce of anxiety. And um. I got an attack um, last October when I was flying to go see my sister. And so it's been, it's been there going back and forth again. Um, but some ways I found to like help prevent my attacks or to help, you know, um, lessen them when, when I'm having them is to just fully be prepared for them, for that and for them. And uh, to be prepared, what I do is, I, of course, make sure I have CBD on me at all times. I keep a container in my work drawer and my center console in my car and my purse in my bedroom. Like it's literally everywhere. And I also inform the people in my life about my anxiety attacks and, you know, what they can do for me while I'm having them. So when I have an anxiety attack, if I'm home, uh, the best thing for me is honestly having my fiance by my side, like just his hand alone calms me down tremendously, like 100%, like in a blink of an eye, like eases my heart, his smell eases my heart. And I'm really grateful for having him. But in the days that he can't get to me, I, uh, I'll go lay down on my back, put my legs like up against the wall. And what that does is it reverses your energy flow. So if you're feeling really anxious, it's just going to reverse that entire flow, calm it down, calm the heart down. I try to eat oranges. Um, Oranges are really good for people with anxiety and depression and lavender oil, peppermint oil. I like to put ice on my back. Um, There is a weighted blanket that you can use. And those are absolutely wonderful because they just bring you so much comfort. 
And I also create a anxiety playlist. So if I'm feeling anxious or if I'm having an attack, I turn that list on and it's just a list of songs that I know just make me feel calm inside. And they usually consist of piano music, um, light yoga music, or a couple sappy love songs because I'm a girl and we all love those. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just something about those songs. Um But I think just being, you know, preparing yourself, knowing your triggers, telling people about your anxiety and what helps you. I've been in so many circumstances where, you know, with my fiance, he didn't know what to do. And now he knows what's to, what's to do, what he needs to do for me. And he didn't understand it at first, but now he fully understands it. And I had anxiety attacks at my parents' house and they know the same thing too. Like my legs went up on the, up on the wall. My mom was massaging my hands. My dad was massaging my feet, like calming me down. And same with my closest girlfriends. They'll just, you know, I had a huge attack a couple of months ago and Eric couldn't be here. And I called my girlfriend and she immediately came over and laid on the floor with me and just breathed with me. So you, you don't have to go through that alone. And I know a lot of people with depression and anxiety, they, they think that they can't tell anybody, but once you're able to tell somebody, it's it's life-changing, truly. It just allows you to know that you don't have to walk through that darkness alone. Mm, that's so good. And I that's one thing that I really love about sharing, you know, like you sharing it on your platform, because it really does help people. I was 14 when I had my first panic attack, mm-hmm. and I was in like Charleston <laughs> alone oh, and that's so young too. I mean I was with my family but I like walked outside of our hotel and I had no idea and I felt totally alone and for a long time I felt alone like um and I remember learning that oh other people feel this way too and what I'm hearing from you which is so important is like self-awareness self-awareness mm know what sets you off, know the things that make you feel better. And then slowly, like what I found within myself, and maybe you're starting, you're, you're feeling this too, is like, because it's been such a long journey for me, you know, like I was 14 when I started having panic attacks. So that was 12 years ago. I'm in this kind of place now where I'm like, I can feel myself starting to get anxious. And I'm like, we're not going to we're not going there. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you can uh, put water on it before, you know, it starts to flame up, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it changes your entire moment, your entire day, if you can simmer your fire. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, like, we're, in so, we're, like, so conditioned in this society to be, like, no bricks, don't stop, go, 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 mm-hmm. but... Sometimes you can just take five minutes from what you're, if you're starting to be like, oh my gosh, you can take five minutes and that will literally just like redirect you. Oh, absolutely. I literally, for anxiety, I sought my entire world. It doesn't matter where I am at work. Like if I'm feeling anxious, I literally tell my boss, I'm like, hey, gotta go out back. Legs gotta go up the wall. Like, <laughs> like I stop everything. And that's what you should do. That's what everybody should do for their mental health. It's so important to keep yourself healthy and keep yourself in a, a really nice mental space. Like it's, it's so hard to fight it. And when you fight it, I feel like it gets worse versus if you just let it happen to you, let it run through you, 
because it passes. It always passes. And I mm-hmm. feel like if you fight it, you're just holding on to it longer. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's so good to be able to share with the people we love about it too, mm-hmm. because people, everyone deep down, especially about the people we love, we just want to help each other and we want each other to feel good we want to feel good and we want others to feel good so no one's ever going to be like you're a wimp you're the worst what are you like that 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 never happens and if it does then you don't need those people in your life anyway but like people are always supportive people are always supportive and loving and like they are and you know what I there are some instances where people are not supportive and loving and I've learned that through you know, voicing my anxiety on Instagram and people writing to me their stories. And they ask me like, how do you get someone to be supportive? How do you get somebody to understand what you're going through and not think that you're just crazy? And, you know, sometimes that's really hard because the old generation, you know, from day one of birth, your parents tell you to suppress your emotions. And, you know, for an example, it's like, when a kid's crying in a public space, like what does the parent immediately do? They tell them to be quiet, be quiet. And what that does is bury your emotions. And I think that, you know, that's why so many people in our generation do suffer from anxiety and depression because we're taught at a young age to keep quiet, suck it up, like don't show your emotions. So all that gets trapped. Um, But going back to why people, you know, how to get somebody to, understand what you're going through and you know it can be hard for a lot of people it can be scary for a lot of people because just of who their parents are who their friends are but like you said if you if somebody cares about you and truly cares about you and truly loves you they will try to understand and even if they don't get it if they don't understand it they will absolutely be there to support you a hundred percent yeah Yeah. Uh, I feel like I could talk about like, I'm so passionate because like, because I've been through lots of anxiety in my life and like navigating all that. I feel like I could talk about this forever, especially (laughs) with someone like who also like experiences it. And yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's so good just to feel, just feel your feelings. Just don't be afraid to feel. They don't have to like build up and Exactly. Uh, Well, just what you said too, I think that, you know, can inspire a lot of people where you're like, I could talk about anxiety and, you know, panic attacks with days with somebody else who experienced it too. So it's just like, if you just open up, you'll, I think they say, what is it? It's like one in three Americans have anxiety. There's over 40 million people in the United States that have anxiety. So it's like your chances are if you open up, somebody has it too. And like, and you guys are just going to connect about it. Yeah. And then we'll start looking around and being like, what's going on here? Do we need to change? I think we need to change. And that's what's happening. We're talking about things, which is changing things. Because it's it's like one thing that I've realized is that is that for me, at least, a lot of people do have very deep-rooted experiences and trauma that really affects them. Um, And there is, like, brain chemistry involved, but we we can also shift our brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. We have the power to do that. It is scientifically proven. Meditation does that. 
Walking in nature does that. Listening to music does that. It changes your brain chemistry over time. So like if we're patient, if we're looking at what's going on in our brains, in our bodies, reflecting, saying, what in my life is causing this? What can I do that will shift things? And being patient and kind to ourselves, we can start to change it. I've seen that with myself. I used to have panic attacks once a week, migraines once a week, at least. The, this past year, I had a panic attack when I was having a breakup. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I didn't have one when I was defending my master's thesis. I didn't have one when I quit my job and moved back home. I didn't have it, like, when I was worried about some stuff with my family. It's like, it just takes time. It does. And it's a ritual that you really need to install in your life if you want to, you know, see the difference. If you want to come out on the other side and have your glass half full instead of half empty. Like you truly do have to do the work in order to get the reward of it. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing too is like when you're first kind of starting out and realizing all of this stuff, what I've seen and what I experienced is that the work really is work. It's hard at first, but then eventually it becomes kind of fun. You're like, you get to know yourself. You read about, I don't know. I love it now, but at first it was freaking hard, like going to therapy and having to share my feelings. Yeah, but now you're you know, like you just, you transform into like this beautiful butterfly after. (laughs) Hey, you all. I just wanted to pop in really fast and thank one of our sponsors, Blue Ridge Hemp who makes ethically and sustainably sourced CBD products. I've been using Blue Ridge hemp products for over a year now, and I absolutely love them. Recently, I took my dad to the store in Asheville, North Carolina. He has a lot of joint pain from arthritis and past injuries, and he's an old school kind of guy and declared himself to be a CBD non-believer when we went in the store. However, they had some samples about, and I had him try on the joint salve, and after a few minutes, he was so surprised and completely amazed that his pain was easing up and going away. He actually bought three tubs of the salve, and he uses it every single day and absolutely raves about it. My favorite product right now is the spiced coconut oil. It has turmeric and cardamom and other good stuff in it and I added it to my matcha latte every single morning and I 100% feel that it helps me feel calm and relaxed. I love everything this company stands for. They're ethical, they're sustainable. You can really tell when you go into the store and go onto their website that they put a lot of love into all of their products. I also love that they offer reduced price assistance to make healthcare more accessible, which is something that I really, really strongly believe in and that I offer with my own resources. So if you want to learn more about the benefits of CBD or check out Blue Ridge Hemp's wide variety of products, head over to their website, use the code MELMOF, M-E-L-M-O-F, for 10% off your order. The code and a link to their website is down below in the show notes. So you shared about your relationships online. Um, You're in this beautiful long-term relationship. And I was wondering if you would go into a little bit, like what would you suggest to someone who's looking for partnership or um, wants that kind of long-term thing? What what are your, your thoughts on relationships? 
there's so many thoughts on relationships and a very big question my, yeah it, it, it is and you know the relationship that I fell into with with Eric uh, my fiance it you know it happened out of the blue I don't think either one of us were looking for a relationship um, you know especially one that was going to turn into marriage at that point we were so young I had uh, just turned 21. He had just gotten divorced and I had just gotten out of a, um, a long-term relationship as well. And I, we, you know, we weren't looking for each other. And I think that's the most beautiful part about it is that we just met, like the universe was like, you two are supposed to be together. And, you know, Eric and I, we've definitely been through a lot together. We, we've been through everything together and we, you know, we broke up a quite a few times and we separated for a couple months as well. And, uh, throughout that time, you know, he was still doing him and I was still doing me. And somehow the universe just brought us back together one, one day, um, in Vegas, ironically. <laughs> um, and I sometimes, I, I sometimes I joke, I'm like, I don't know how we ever, like how we're getting married and like how we got together because like, at, like just the way we started, it was just so rocky. But I think from day one, like we just knew that we wanted to be with one another, regardless of like you know, what was going on in our lives. We always found a way back to each other. And so like, I think my biggest piece of advice is, you know, some people really want a relationship and that's all that they think about every single day. And so when they step outside their house, they're immediately looking for someone to be with like a life partner. They're like, like they go into a bookstore and they look like, oh, is that the guy? Is that the guy I'm going to be with for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know? Or like they go to a rock, like a rock climbing gym and like, oh, I think that could be my husband. But like they specifically, they're like, you know, lions like on the hunt. <laughs> Is that the baby of my child? I think it is. I just want the baby of my That's a daddy. <laughs> that's him right there. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, it's it's going wrong because when you're looking for something, you're probably not going to find it or you're going to find the wrong person because you're you're trying to jump on the ship too quickly. And I think that's where a lot of people get hurt too is that they're not taking their times with with relationships. So I think if there's somebody out there who's listening to this podcast and they, you know, they really yearn for a relationship, someone to love, someone to love them with their entire heart, that they need to manifest them in a different way. And what I would suggest is getting a journal and writing to, you know, your future partner, your, the person you've been dreaming of as if they're already in your life saying like, for an example, um, I'm say you're sitting at a bar and you're at your journal. Maybe write write this in your phone and you just simply write, I'm sitting at the bar and I just can't help but think about you. I know you're right around the corner and I can't wait to share experiences with you and go into like more depth and more detail and just like really create and visualize your relationship with this person, not so much as a like a controlled relationship or, you know, forcing a love, but it needs to be something just really simple and really beautiful and really caring the way you write about them. So just really writing about them as if they're already in your life. And, you know, it, I've seen some people do this and, uh, and they found each other and it's been really, really beautiful. And I think it's because they just manifested it in in a beautiful way and not out of way, not out of a way of, you know, if you're feeling empty and you just need someone to fill you already, um, 
you need to fill yourself first and then you need to manifest this person. Yes, that is golden. (laughs) That is so golden. Uh, So golden. Yeah, that's been a huge lesson in my life, like filling my own cup first Mm -hmm. and being my own savior and taking responsibility for the way that I feel. And then... And then a relationship's fun and, like, silly and, like, lighter. And you can kind of let go and not be so, like, no, but you're making me happy. You can't leave. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, nobody else can be responsible for your happiness. And, I, you know, that's that's a huge weight in a lot of people's relationship is that they make their significant other responsible for their personal, uh, their personal happiness. And that's really truly not how it should be. That's how fights get started where it's unnecessary and it shouldn't happen. So I think when you can focus on yourself, know what you want, know what you love in your life, know what makes you happy and do what makes you happy. Like, like you said, fill your own cup, like go out there and, you know, try new things, try to understand yourself first and learn to love yourself. So that way the person that you've manifested in your life in your journal or in your book is the person that will love you exactly for who you are. And you don't have to try to be anything other than yourself. This makes me want to like shed a tear almost. Cause it's like so beautiful. It's so good. It's so it. true. That's, that's so freaking true. It's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. percent. <laughs> so speaking of, personal responsibility and feelings and things like that, all of our favorite topics. Oh, boy. You lately have been doing some fun things. At the time that we're recording this, so this won't be out for a few weeks for those of you who are listening live, but Alexandra has been doing these challenges. It's called Journey into the Soul, right? Yes. And you've been putting together these week-long challenges and I was wondering if you would just tell us about those and, like, like what you do in them. Um, you're doing your second round, which I, you know, I've seen, like, it seems like people are really loving them. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about those. Mm, they are, like, the favorite things in my life right now. And um, really what... At first, what I intended them to be is that so many people would DM me and be like, you know, I wish I could take your class or I wish I could go to your retreats, but, you know, I either live too far, I don't have the money, or I can't get the time off. And so the reason why I started these challenges is that it was a way for people to not only practice with me or not only a way for people to practice with me, but also a way for them to kind of go on a retreat with me. And that's exactly what these seven days are. They're a retreat into your own body, into yourself. And and it's for the people that feel like they're missing something in their life or, you know, they're going through a tough time or they haven't learned how to forgive certain situations from their past, catastrophic events from their past, um, people from their past. And it's also a journey into just loving yourself wholeheartedly and fully and accepting mm. yourself and truly understanding your self-worth and just really knowing what you are capable of. And so many people just, you know, it's really hard to find that light inside of you. It took me years to do it. And 
I, I didn't have anyone to really guide me. I had to do my own research. I had to look at how to do my own prompts and exercises. And I wanted to be able to help people that were in the position that I was in of just needing to love myself more, needing to understand myself more, needing to want more for myself and to really take action upon that. And so through these challenges, that's exactly what we do through these seven days. Uh, we were talking about, you know, relationships. And so one of the prompts that I'm doing for this week is, or the next week is that was exactly what I was talking about. And, you know, if you're having an issue with your current lover or you don't have a lover in your life, but you know, you feel, really feel like you need one, write to them and write to them as if they're already in your life. And if they are already in your life, what I'll have them do is have them is read that letter to their significant other so they can really feel and hear their words out loud and so won't their significant other. And it's just through a lot of journaling prompts, a lot of deep journaling prompts and a lot of taking action on your life and having them get out there and do the work. And these challenges, they're not easy and they're not meant to be because as we talked about this before, doing the work for loving yourself is not easy. It's literally like the hardest thing in the world because it's so frightening and you're scared of what you're going to dig up and you're scared of what you're going to bring back up in the past. And these, especially this last challenge, I could, I think I cried maybe 25 times because people go through so much, so much that we, we, we can't, we can't even think about what other people go through. And it's, it's really hard to hear some of the girls' stories and mm. to be that person, that only person that they feel comfortable enough opening up to about their life, their past life is, is a really big opening experience for me to feel like I'm that person for them. Like I just like, yeah. that's so healing for them, but also for me to be that person for them. And what I realized is that so many people in this challenge and these challenges, they don't have one single person in their life that they can talk to about their past and truly be honest and authentic with them about how they're feeling, you know, what their friends did to them, what their family members did to them, or how they truly feel about themselves. And, you know, people that do these challenges, I've had people that have been um, raped. I've had people that were suicidal before their challenges, and some of them have found forgiveness um, through all of that and, you know, want to live their life to the fullest. And I think, those were the situations where it's like, you know, holy shit, like this is real and this is raw. And this is like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, this is what my Instagram is for. Like my Instagram is not for posting photos. It's for like helping people, supporting people, being that person for them. Like, let me be your rock. Like, let me take that shitty energy off of your body because you don't need that anymore. You don't deserve to carry that anymore purpose yeah yeah and that's where like it was like like someone like you know it hit me in the face with like a lunch tray or something it was like like this is what you're here for like if this is all that comes out of your life out of my entire life was one girl saying that before the challenge she she didn't want to live and I'm like Mm -hmm. literally in tears right now because it's so like Mm -hmm. it changed my life um 
And after she wrote me, she's like, I want to live. Like, I'm so happy. Like, this is, this was everything to her. And like, that just like, uh, (laughs) like, that's like the highlight of my life is feeling like I did that for somebody. And I just want to say to you, this is a freaking beautiful example to anyone listening. Like, like what you are doing is you are sharing your story and you are holding space for others and you are giving permission and anyone can do that too. Like, like our stories are so freaking powerful. And if you just practice like, like Alexandra, you have been sharing your story, sharing your story, opening up, opening up, opening up, growing, learning about yourself, learning about yourself, putting in the work, doing all this beautiful stuff. And you're at this place where you can help, you can pull others up and help them do the same thing. And that is an incredible gift to give to the world. And I just like really honor you for stepping into that and being like, okay, I'm doing this now. And, you know, you have helped, these people and those people can go and help other people and it will just ripple out 100 percent and and that's so beautiful it's it's just so even more beautiful it's just like to see their growth and like to fight through their trauma and see the light from their trauma and exactly what you said like these people want to help other people and there was just just this one woman she went through a lot at a certain place in her life like at a certain establishment and she went back through that establishment and she relived her trauma and she came back and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to create this group where I help ladies that have been through exactly what I've been through. She's like, I haven't seen it anywhere else done before. She's like, I'm going to do it. And like, that's just like, all I want to do is like, yes. 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 Like you found like you you know, when you travel through this darkness and you find like true light at the end where you're able to help other people through your trauma, I think is, is, is such a beautiful journey. Mm. 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 Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's another thing I could talk about forever. But, you know, since we're trying to keep the show like not four hours long, <laughs> I guess we'll move on. <laughs> I think it'd be easy to go four hours in the I know. That's like. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a lot of retreats coming up this year, which is so freaking excited. I'm really happy for you. So what are your retreats like? And also I get this question a lot and I'm assuming that you do too as a teacher who gets to do retreats. What would you suggest to teachers who are wanting to do more retreats? Mm, yes, I am so excited uh, about this year. This is really the first year that I've really truly branched out and did some global traveling. I've done it, you know, previously over the last three years, but this year I'm going to quite a few different places, and I'm so excited. Uh, so I do have quite a few retreats. I have Bali next month, and Bali was actually the first retreat that I've ever been on in my entire life as a attendee and not a teacher. And I really wanted this one to be my first big international retreat because Bali just, it changed who I was. And I want to give that experience to other people as well. Um, But I also have Peru in June. And then I have 
a I'm teaching at a festival in Mallorca, Spain, on this beautiful island. And then mm. from Spain, I go to South Africa for that retreat. And then I may have a retreat in Sri Lanka in November. So a ton of different options to come and practice with me. And my retreats are so much fun. Like they're so much fun. They're really all adventure retreats. So it's not just yoga. We're definitely going to go out and we're going to explore the lands that we're, that we're on. We're going to explore the culture and dive into the fullest. And so much yoga, a ton of workshops. We'll you know, be working and diving into the soul just like we do in the Journey to the Soul challenges. We're definitely going to be doing journaling prompts. We're going to be doing meditations. We're going to be doing uh, guided visualita- visualizations meditations. And those are my favorite just because they allow you to connect to yourself and your desires a little bit deeper. And it's, you know, anyone can come to this. I full, I truly love beginners uh, just because I love, I just love teaching. I love people who are fresh and new to the practice because all they want to do is absorb. But of course, all levels can come. I make modifications for everybody. And I think it's just a really great opportunity to connect with more people and allow your community to grow bigger. And through the retreats, you just form this, the sisterhood and obviously brotherhood too, because guys come and they're people that you're going to be connected with for the rest of your life, because you're going to be sharing these amazing opening experiences with, and they're just memories that you'll never forget. And so that's why I'm so excited just to teach so many of them this year and create so many memories. I think Mm -hmm. if you're a new teacher and you're just trying to, start out with retreats, you're not sure what to do. I think working with a retreat company is honestly the best route to go because there's so much that plays into it. And it's, it can get very, very overwhelming if you're planning the entire retreat yourself and, you know, doing all of the numbers yourself. And while you may make more money planning the retreat and doing everything yourself, I think working with a retreat company will just keep things a little bit more organized, it will de-stress you and it will allow you to focus on your students even more versus having to worry about the business side behind it. So I know for me, uh, the Bali one I'm doing on my own with my friend Janice. She's awesome as well. And, you know, we actually, yeah, Janice is awesome. I hope she listens to this. Shout out Janice. I know. Janice, Janice, if you're listening, you're going to come on this show sometime. I have like a list. I literally have a list of like literally like a hundred people that I'm like, I want all these people. And Janice, you're one of them. (laughs) She's truly an amazing teacher. And I, you know, Janice and I, we clicked so well and we, (laughs) we always joke. I'm the American version of her and she's the Asian version of me. (laughs) (laughs) I could see that. We're just like the same energy, passion, everything. And so, you know, we clicked really well doing this retreat. Like she's handling like, all of the financial things and, you know, the organization of, you know, the resort. And whereas I'm handling all of the, the travel, all the travel, all the flights, all the itineraries and all the, um, you know, the scheduling of the actual retreat. Mm-hmm. So we really split it really well, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And that can honestly ruin your relationship with the teacher that you're mm-hmm. collaborating with. So you, you really need to make sure that you're collaborating with somebody that, is on the same level as you, that you guys are both doing the same exact work and that you both are pulling your own weight. 
Um, otherwise, it can get messy and it can really jeopardize your relationship with the person that you're collaborating with. So I'm just really lucky that Janice and I, we have this really, really good connection and we work really well together. Um, but I, I, like I said, I do think working with a tree company is definitely the way to go because it just de-stresses you. And when you're on a retreat, it takes a lot of energy out of the teacher, uh, just to be receptive of everybody else's energy and holding space for everybody. So with the retreat company that I work with, Azenture Retreats, actually one of the owners will always go on the retreat with the teachers so that they can hold space for the students as well. So that way it takes off a little bit of, you know, stress on the teacher. And I, I was like, wow, that's it. Yep. Sign me up. I'm working with you. If you're going to help hold space, like, yes, let's do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh, such good tips. I have like two things to say. First of all, I've taken Janice's class in person and she's an amazing teacher. Just saying, like, I just want to put that out there. So Hey, Janice, again, just give me a little shout out. (laughs) I should just tag her in the show notes. Like, I'm going to tag Janice in the show notes for anyone listening. So, like, (laughs) just in case anyone's like, who is this Janice? Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay, but second of all, like, I, yes, like, 100% back you up on working with a retreat company because you can put your energy where your energy is best served, which is with the people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what that's what I've been doing and all like my future retreats are all with somebody so that, you know, like I'm just in charge of, you know, getting people interested in coming and then being the best teacher I can be. Mm, yeah. Like, and like also collaboration. Yeah. Like you bringing up collaboration is so good because it's just like, everybody has such, Everybody has different gifts to share. And I think, like, like with you and Janice, you'll feel when it's right. Like, you'll just feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. You'll just kind of know. Yeah, and we both have very similar teaching styles, too. And I think that's something that you need to be looking for if you do decide to collaborate with somebody. And, you know, I, I like, in a sense, that yes, you should have similar teaching styles. But Janice and I are also so completely different as well. So I think that's you know, where we're working well together is that we're different, but our styles of teaching is, is the same. Like we really love to use modifications. We really love to show advancements for any level of yogi. And like, that's where we're the same, but you know, the depth of our teaching and like, I'm, I touch more on like a deeper soul part where Janice is, she does it too, but in a different way. So I really love that about us. Mm, I just had a thought. I am putting it out into the universe that I want to come on one of your Yes, please. We should collaborate. Come to Sri Lanka. I know. I would love, I freaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk later. We talk, girl. After the show. I like, you know, like, I love going on retreats and like, I just got to teach at my first retreat and I have more retreats coming up. But I definitely want, like, I feel like this is another important thing as a teacher is, like, as a space holder, it's so important to have a balance of both. Like, teach, give, give, but also make space to receive, you know? Absolutely. So important. Okay, I have one more question for you. Oh, no! Five more! Five more! more. I honestly could think, I'm like, I can can like 10 more but (laughs) anyway um yeah last one sorry everybody um so this is the question that I ask everyone it's my like 
cutesy theme question, you know, like podcasts do. So this is the Air and Earth podcast, lifting you up, keeping you grounded. So I want to know what is something that is currently lifting you up, like making you happy, making you feel floaty and fun? What is something that is currently keeping you grounded? And they might be the same thing. Who knows? I love that. Oh my god! I think that's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. I think I thought of it myself. <laughs> I love you. I think the thing that's keeping me lifted right now is like this year is such a big year for me, and it's just a year of knowing my growth and owning it, and. So what's keeping me lifted are all these retreats and all these challenges. Like they're filling my excitement for the rest of the year. So like I'm on like this constant happiness and this constant high of like, oh my God, I get to go here. Oh my God. Like I can't wait to like meet all these people and hug them and experience life with them. And so like that's, that's definitely like my air right now. And what's keeping me grounded is the same same thing that always keeps me grounded. And that's my home. That's the people in my home. And it just allows me to come back to my roots. And, you know, we live on this, this little mountain in Maine and we have a bunch of acres around our house and we're surrounded by this beautiful forest and just, you know, a bunch of just beautiful wild animals. And it's just a sanctuary up here. So every time I come home, it's just like, you know, it's, I can breathe and I'm just, I just can always center myself when I'm home. Mm, I love that. Mine are, mine's like the same thing. I feel like we're just like so similar. It's adorable. I love it. Uh, okay. Well, we have to wrap up. Whoa. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll do this again. Okay. We'll okay. Again. <laughs> but I just want to, first of all, I want to honor you because you are someone that I personally really look up to, and I know a lot of people do, just for your honesty and your vulnerability and the way you share your story with grace and compassion and with a real heart of, of service. And I think that's just really beautiful, and I, I really love you for that. And I also just want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, Melissa, I love you, you beautiful heart. Oh, my God. I just... Uh, I say it so many times and like I'm just I'm hugging you so hard right now like I just I think I always like if there's anything I always write on your you know your photos is like I love you and it's just because like I do like I love you I see you I see your kind heart and how vulnerable you are and how you're willing to just share and help people and be there for people and you are like the one person on Instagram where I see you just sharing light and spreading love to everybody's page and it's not you know, it's not just to get your name out there, but it's because you sincerely mean it. Like you're just a very true, authentic and beautiful human. And I'm just, I'm honored to be on your show. I was so excited when you asked me. Oh, I'm freaking emotional right now. It's fine. <laughs> we love feelings. <laughs> I should call this the feelings show. Exactly. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> I love so oh my God. Okay. Well, I love you. Thank you. For everyone listening, I will have all of Alexandra's information below where you can find her, find out more about her workshops, her retreats, everything, her Instagram, everything you need to know. Thank you all so, so much for listening. And 
I'll talk to you again soon.